When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 277, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, this interview is part of a series that we've been doing, and that's talking with other industry thought leaders who've got a book, who've got a podcast, and are really using those two mediums to build their influence and get their message out in a much bigger way. And today, I'm speaking with Amy Revel. Amy, she is the co-host of the Art of Decluttering podcast. She is a sought-after professional organizer and declutter coach. She's also an author, a blogger, motivational speaker, and she loves equipping women to find freedoms through decluttering and organizing their homes. Now on today's show, she's going to share that you really need a podcast about a topic that you're so passionate about, you can't imagine ever running out of content. She also wants to talk about knowing where in your sales funnel your podcast sits and use it accordingly, as well as you need to engage your audience, read out reviews, talk about people from your social media channels and all of that good stuff. We're going to dive into that. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Lovely to be here. Now, to give people a bit of context, I've already mentioned that uh, you've got a a co-hosted podcast, The Art of Decluttering, but let's give them some context about your business so that they can get an idea of what you do. So, your business, share with us. What is it and, and what are you passionate about? So my one-on-one coaching services is my business called Simply Organized. And that's where I go into clients' homes and we physically do the decluttering together. So I was just saying to you a moment ago, I've just walked in from a client um, job. We were decluttering in a kitchen and pantry. So that's a real passion of mine is actually to physically do the job with clients, really, because people are so time poor and need direction in that way. Yes, I love that. And I'm sure you are kept very busy because it's one of those things. And when you do it with someone else, like you're chatting and, and especially someone who's an expert in it, it goes a lot quicker and we become a lot more intentional because it's one of those things oh I may need that one day when it's actual fact do you really need it no not really and and then off it goes so and that's the beauty of the coaching side of the business is I don't set aside and have coaching sessions with clients independent of the decluttering but it's a really big part of the day-to-day sessions is really helping people ask good questions and set a vision for their homes so that what we're doing is actually aligning with where they want to be yeah and so when you've worked with someone and you've helped them declutter what are some of the outcomes 
that they start to to see in their lives? Uh, the outcomes are almost instantaneous in an area. So today, for instance, we were decluttering the pantry in particular, and all of a sudden they were thinking, oh, we could totally make our own muesli. Why don't we have a curry for dinner tonight? So yeah. in a pantry situation, they're actually increasing their creativity of what they can cook, what they can eat. Um, people often save money after we're done decluttering because they realise today for example oh we have like seven packets of noodles we actually don't need that many no and so rather than going and rebuying things you're actually using what you have which is great for the environment but also great for your hip pocket yes and one of the things that i love the most about decluttering is that it brings a real freedom mm. so there's that kind of space that you create and space for the important things in life and when you look at a decluttered space you kind of Yes. like it just feels good and that feeling can really change your relationships it can change your work life it can change your mental health that the benefits of decluttering are really so holistic mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons I love it so yes. much and then of course you've written a book and you've got a co-hosted podcast so what came first the book or the podcast the book came first so I wrote my book in 2016 absolutely loved it and it was a real game changer for me to be able to put myself out there as an expert and I suppose put down in writing the things that were in my brain that yes. I could reach more than just you know within an hour's drive of me of where I could service you know I can reach the whole world yeah. with that message yes and then the following year so 2017 um Kirsty Fruger and I started the Art of Decluttering podcast and that has been the best yes. that is so much fun yeah it's great when you're able to do a co-hosted podcast and I'm going to talk to you and ask you some insights in that particularly for people who are thinking about co-hosting because it takes a special group of people to be able to bounce ideas off one another and um get the best out of each other so we'll talk about that in in a moment would there be anything different that you would do because if someone's listening today and thinking you know what i want to build that thought leadership i'm as passionate about my topic as amy is about hers and decluttering and helping people get that freedom that they're they're seeking i need to write a book and i need and i want to also establish a podcast what would you suggest they do first one or the other or do, do you mm. think it doesn't really matter the well, I haven't done it the opposite way. So, yeah. But the way that I've done it, I found fantastic because it was like putting my feelers out there. And writing a book for me is I'm quite creative. Um, I enjoy writing and I had all the information there. And it wasn't a topic I had to go and do a lot of research on because I, I know my industry, I know it well. So I could write a book. I wrote my book in just nine days. Wow. So that is unusual, I do have to admit. I'm a fairly, when I get, um, when I decide to do something, mm -hmm. I kind of just do it. Yeah. But for me, it was great because that was a project. So once I'd written my book and obviously you get it through your publisher and your editing and all that kind of thing, it was there ready to go. Whereas a podcast is a much longer term commitment. Mm. So I found for me, writing the book first was great because it, I had a physical product that I could give people. So every client I work with gets a copy of my book and obviously I sell them online and <clears throat> excuse me, lots of people buy them that way. Yep. Whereas a podcast to start off with is certainly not a money-making adventure, mm. um, but it is such an ongoing commitment if you want to do something like Kirstie and I are doing, which is a weekly podcast. Mm. So sometimes it's good to know 
are people even interested in hearing about this? For me, writing a book was a great way to go, yes, they're very interested and they want more. Yes. And I think what you are saying with the book that you've written, and this is where I see a lot of people maybe missing the mark a little bit when they're thinking about writing a book or they do author a book. Your book was on your area of expertise. So it directly yes. relates to the service that you provide. So whilst people will read your book and think that's fantastic, they may make some changes in their own life, but really not be where they want to be and they think you yeah. know what I loved uh, Amy's content so much I love what she stands for I'm going to reach out and ask can you help me do this and I think what you said about the podcast fantastic because what you can do of course from the podcast is mention your book seed your book yeah. so that people might think I love that topic I'm going to buy um, the book and that's a, a smaller investment than say your coaching or getting in there and helping them declutter and it's a nice way to build that trust that someone might go, you know what, now I'm ready, let's get you in. So that, that's great, yeah. great insights. You talk about a podcast about a topic that you're so passionate about that you can't imagine ever running out of content. You, we've already determined that you're passionate about that, but what are some ways that you come up with content? Because even though we can be compassionate, yeah. we can think, oh, what am I going to talk about or write about today? Yeah, I think that can be very common. Um, some great advice if you're thinking of podcasting on a topic is just to brainstorm. And if you can come up with kind of 20 different topics without really having to work too hard, that could be a great, um, uh, what's the word, like a great genre yes. for you to go into and a great topic for you to talk about. So we initially just started with Kirstie and I coming up with the topic ideas and very quickly we had our listener base requesting ideas. Yes. So now we probably do half-half. Some of them are listener requests and some of them are ones where like, oh, we really want to speak on this topic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you've got an audience, ask them what they want to hear because a podcast is not about you telling people how much you know. It's about you adding value and helping them in their journey and for the experience that they want to have. Yes. So with your co-hosted podcast, obviously you've got you and your co-host, Kirsty. And do you ever have people come on to, to be interviewed by the two of you or you just keep it the two co-hosts mostly it's just the two of us yeah. um, but we have had a couple of guests we had my husband come and talk about what it's like to live with a professional organizer we just before Christmas interviewed our children yeah. um, to talk about what in the world is it like to have a mum as a professional organizer and what does what are the habits that they have and they gave some really great advice for other kids on keeping their bedrooms tidy and things like that oh, and um, we have interviewed a few people on areas that we don't have the breadth of knowledge in so mm. we had one of my clients come in and speak about decluttering around death because she had lost mum dad and her husband within a short period of time wow. so if there's an area that we feel like we want to facilitate the conversation but don't have personal experience we do look to bring people in for that. Yeah, I love the way what you've said, it's very much aligned with the topic and uh, content that you know that one of your listeners or a number of listeners may be struggling with. How far yeah. in advance do you plan out your content? So we record eight sessions at its eight podcasts at a time. So we're at least planned eight in advance. Yeah. And so we're going into the studio in a couple of weeks and our job over this week is to actually plan those eight topics. Yeah. So we're not planning a year in advance because we like to be able to shift and move. Yeah. And we don't want to lock in topics and then have someone come up and say, how about this? And we go, oh, we can't fit that into September. Yeah. We love the flexibility of saying, yep, we can do that in April. 
Yes. Uh, and what I'm hearing, and I'm just feeding this back so that people don't miss the golden nuggets in that, <laughs> there is um, a, an area of planning that you need to do, some pre-planning, but there is flexibility in that as well. Because I know for many business owners, very on entrepreneurial creatives, they hate being locked down into plans. <laughs> but as an organizer, I'm sure you realize and, and speak into this, the more you have things planned out, uh, the easier it is and you're not scrambling, oh, we need to record eight podcasts tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. Planning makes it a lot easier for you, yes? Yes. So what we have, Anne-Marie, is we have a list of probably, there's probably 40 topics on there at the moment that sit in a spreadsheet that our listener requests. So we write what the topic is and who's requested it. So when I say we plan eight weeks in advance, it's more about picking which of those topics mm. we're going to address in what order. But we always have a bank. If we needed to go into the studio and record six months worth, we could. Um, so planning is not about being locked in. It's actually about flexibility. Because for us, by having 40 topics available, we are flexible to pick which of the next eight that we want to bring to our community. Yeah, love that. Now, you also want to speak into where your podcast best sits in your sales funnel. So how are you using your podcast? I think this is critical and something we didn't really understand when we started the podcast, partly because we didn't think anyone would listen. We thought maybe if our husbands, our mums and a couple of our clients listen, yeah. um, we've just hit 700,000 downloads. Yeah, so wow. we were far, it far exceeded our expectations. But I think when it comes to the funnel, for us, we had to work out, do we want the podcast to directly make money? Mm. Do we want to make money through advertising? Do we want to sell through to our VIP services? Like whereabouts does it sit and what's our next call of action for our people? So if the podcast is to make you money, you want to be either selling something in the podcast or having advertisers so that the podcast itself is doing that. For us, our podcast sits right at the top of our sales funnel, which means the podcast is free. <clears throat> we have only advertisers in it to cover our actual recording costs because we fly Kirsty down, we hire a studio mm -hmm. and we have a sound engineer. Um, but really, we're just connecting with people in our podcast. It's the first place where people can hear us, feel like they're part of our community, decide whether they like us. Um, so it's right up the top for us. And we've started now creating... Um, opt-ins for people. So here's mm -hmm. a micro declutter bingo that we've just created, or here's a spreadsheet, or here's a checklist so that they can then move into the next steps with us. Yeah, fabulous. So because of the fact that you are a co-hosted podcast, both of you have separate businesses, don't you? You're not working in the same business. So what kind of agreement or discussion have you had around, okay, how are we going to make sure that we're both benefiting from the, <laughs> the outcomes? And, and I think one of the things that I want to just mention, the fact that you're getting content out there, you're engaging with people, there's there's, you can't pay for people to listen to you. You know, adver traditional advertisers are scrambling to try and tap into the market of people who are listening to podcasts in their own personal time. They just can't do that. So that in itself, I think, is is priceless. So just back to my question, how do you map that out to make sure both of you are generating the best outcome out of your podcast? That's a really good question. And for us, that's an ongoing discussion. And it's one that has um, ebbed and flowed since we started. And we, you know, we try and track when we get VIP clients, how did you hear about us? Who heard about us through the podcast or mm -hmm. who heard about us through our business and therefore found the podcast. So we're really trying to track that. 
we don't find there's an issue with the workload. Um, so we would say probably between us, we spend a full-time job on the outer decluttering and we also mm. work full-time in our businesses. So it's a big load at the moment. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think for us, it's an ongoing discussion of how do we make sure that, because Kirsty's based in Sydney, I'm in Melbourne. Yes. So what does that look like? And we've got an online course that is through the art of decluttering. Yeah. So that's great. So that's, that's a, a united course. Shared. That's a shared asset. Yes. Great. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're creating more shared assets under the art of decluttering because we just feel that's a great brand for people to connect with. Yes. Yes. And who knows, maybe one of your clients just planting the seed might go, you know what, I want to fly both of you to my home or exactly. office and have you both declutter. Um, yes. That We've just... only ever done one job together, but we both fly all around Australia. So yeah. we get clients in all states. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. I love that. So what were some of the <laughs> things that you did? And, and I, I remember we had a conversation like ages ago where all of a sudden you had started to realise that, hang on a second, this podcast is generating some really great results and you almost yeah. fell into it almost accidentally if I can Absolutely. put words in, in your mouth. No, we totally did. <laughs> so you did all of the things right and sadly uh, a lot of podcasters don't and then they run out of steam and mm -hmm. uh, because they're not generating even any interest at all. So yeah. looking back what were some of the key things that you did and then also from a co-hosted point of view, because, you know, there's nothing worse than starting and putting a lot of time and energy and getting something set up and then realizing, you know, the, the synergy that you thought might be there just isn't. So what are some of the key things that you think you put into place that has really made the difference in your podcast soaring? Well, Kirsty and I are very good friends. Like we're besties anyway. Um, we hadn't been before we started the podcast. We'd known each other for probably 20 years before we started the podcast. We'd grown up together. Our mums are besties, wow. but we lived in different states. So Facebook was the only way we'd kept in contact, but we'd each started our own professional organizing business. And Kirst came up with the idea to do a podcast. And she said, I really feel like this is the next step. Do you want to do this together? And I said, what's a podcast? I've never listened to one. <laughs> um, so she was all over that side of it. And um, yeah, that's how we started. And it wasn't something that we wrote a business plan for. Yeah. It wasn't something that we had a growth strategy for. Um, so I can't, I can't give a formula that yeah. other people can use, except that we were passionate about it. Yes. We really nurtured those that we... Um, that listened mm. so those that engage in our facebook pages and leave itunes reviews we make sure we call out and speak to them in our podcast i think one of the benefits of being a co-hosted podcast is it's much more conversational mm. and so people feel like they know you because they feel like they're sitting around having it having yeah. a cup of tea with you yes and for us the connection between us is really really key and we nurture that and we have a great friendship and um, yeah, we make sure that that's in a good place because otherwise it would just be awkward in the studio. Yeah, and I think the fact that you had a prior relationship, even though that it, you know it was virtual, and let's face it, yeah. virtual or even in in person, you can develop strong ties there. Um, open communication, all those sorts of things, are just so yes. very important, and having um, expectations, but also very much knowing that it is combined. You know, and I think sometimes people can get egos in the way. And something else yeah. that I, I want to pick up, the fact that you both had um, similar businesses, and I'm sure if you yeah. were to map that out, you would have similar values, similar Absolutely. ideal clients. 
And so often when you look at two co-hosts that maybe the podcast didn't, um, you know, really work very well and I've even kind of turned people off because their <laughs> ideal clients were different. Someone had been yes. in the business for far longer and therefore was offering different services at far different levels. Yeah. So that's all really very important. Yeah. Now you mentioned about engaging your audience and that's really important. You said you read out reviews, you talk about people from your social media channels. Did that always occur? And I must say, I think you're at, you are, will often speak to a market for your clients that are mothers. And I think mothers and millennials are what they call, I read this on um, the CEO Institute, they're called the, the entrepreneurial client, they're a new um, customer and they are far more engaged, they're always looking for inspiring information and they will share content. So did you yeah. find that right from the start people started listening or what were some of the things that you did to get your podcast out into the ears of your ideal client? Probably the thing, Anne-Marie, that um, triggered kind of that exponential growth for us is that we're invited onto the morning sunrise on the weekend. Um, uh, so I think it's called Weekend Sunrise. Yeah. And we were invited onto that show quite early in our podcast. Um, and our numbers absolutely skyrocketed after that. Now, we didn't, uh, you know, approach them or send them a proposal. They just heard about it and yeah. found us and invited us on. Um, yeah, so I think that that kind of gave it that push mm. and then as people started to engage with us we decided well they feel like they're part of our community let's actually speak to them so you know this podcast was requested by here's an itunes review so we do an itunes or facebook review every episode yeah we have we you know we talk about who's requested topics each time um, we've got a fantastic online community called the Art of Decluttering Community that's on Facebook. Yes. And that's a really, really great place for our listeners to come and hang out. Mm. So, and look, I think just by personality, Kirsten and I, people feel like they know us. I mean, I've had someone come up in a restaurant who recognised my voice <laughs> and was a podcast listener and wanted to, so you hang know, on a minute. Just a can you say, say that hello. again with their eyes closed? <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is the weirdest thing ever that someone, obviously I was speaking too loud in the restaurant because they could hear me over everybody else. Um, but that's the kind of relationship we want to nurture. So that means that Kirsty and I are very vulnerable. You know, there's often tears on our podcast yeah. because we're sharing from our hearts. There's nothing how about there's things we tell our podcast audience that we haven't told close friends mm. um, because that's who we are. That's not us putting on a show Yes. That's just us sharing our hearts for our listeners. And I think that comes across. I hope that comes yeah. across. You know, I think when you set that intention, um, your audience can can you know gather yeah. that and i think that's what so many um unfortunately you know the people who try and put on a mask mm. people we as consumers and listeners we can pick that up and i think that vulnerability and and you know share insights into this when you are vulnerable and you're honest and you don't put on any mask that's when your audience will even share things because of the fact that there's that empathy and that know, like, and trust. Have you found that yeah. as well? And I think particularly in our industry, there's a lot of shame around clutter and mm. we're really trying to break that. And part of breaking shame, as Brene Brown would say, is embracing vulnerability. Because yes. where vulnerability exists, shame can't. 
and that's part of what we do is we want people to know it's okay. Nobody has a perfect house. Kirsty and I are very, very forthright in saying our homes aren't perfect. Our, you know, nothing's perfect for us, but we're working on it and we've found some really good systems that bring freedom. And I think by just helping people to know they're not alone and that it's okay to talk about this stuff. Yes. It's not taboo that we don't all run perfectly run houses. That's mm -hmm. not taboo. That's normal. But what we want to help people do is reduce the stress in that and reduce the overwhelm in that. Yeah. So I think the vulnerability does bring that, um, that freedom that people want. Yeah, so, so true. So what, what exciting things are in store for the Art of Decluttering podcast? Anything in, in the future? Any books that you're considering writing? What, what's kind of on the horizon? All of the above. <laughs> We're about to um, record our 100th episode, oh, wow. which is very exciting. And it, oh, we're on schedule to hit a million downloads by June. Amazing. So we want to have a big party for that because we're just like, that is so more than we ever dreamed that yes. we would reach. Yes. We're talking Insane. about some live events um, to actually get to meet our listeners. We're talking about writing a book together. Yeah. So many things we're dreaming about. Nothing's in concrete. Yeah. So keep your ears to the ground for the next step for us. Yeah, so, so exciting. I'm just so thrilled. Thank you so much for sharing um, your insights and, and uh, just your journey. And I can just, you know, through the energy that you're sharing today, you can really see that, uh, you know, your listeners would love to connect with you because as you said, you're bringing information that you are passionate about. Um, you're doing it from the, from the heart. You really yes. are truly wanting to support people. And when you bring that authenticity that vulnerability to your conversation that's when people really feel you know what she gets me she understands me non-judgmental and yes. who better then to, to get that support so how can people go and listen to the art of decluttering so open up your phone open your podcast app and just search the art of decluttering Fantastic. simple as that Fantastic. search us on facebook instagram podcast app we're everywhere. Yeah, fabulous. And if people are interested because they've been listening to you and thinking, you know what, my pantry does need a little bit of a declutter, <laughs> what's the best way to connect with you personally? Just simplyorganised.net, you'll find me. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, Anne-Marie. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.